This is a Federal News Network podcast. Welcome to For Your Benefit, presented by NITP, the federal leader in retirement planning seminars, sponsored by WEPA. Join NITP for an hour of plain talk on planning your future. You've got questions, they've got answers. Welcome to the March 29th, 2021 For Your Benefit radio show. We're here today with David Santana. And what are we going to talk about? What else but Medicare? Um, David is a um, is with the CMS HHS uh, group, and they know everything there is to know about Medicare. Good morning, David. Good morning, Bob. Great to be here. Well, it's great to have you here because I'm I got my uh, paper and pencil out. Notice not uh, uh, not my not my uh, phone, and I'm going to take notes. But I, we got some questions, and thanks to you, you really have a whole page full of questions to discuss. So um, I guess the first one coming out is, what is Medicare? What do you tell people that ask you, you know, not what you do, but you know, how, what does Medicare do? I think there's a, a, a gross over understanding of it, but maybe not the details that people should know. So uh, fill us in and then we'll get more detailed after that. Sounds great, Bob. So yes, uh, so we um, we always assume that people people understand uh, what Medicare is uh, because we, we usually talk about the choices that, that people have specifically for federal employees that they have um, FEHP, the Federal Employee Health Benefits uh, Program. And there are many people out there who had uh, employer group health insurance outside of government as well. So when people age and they're kind of getting close to that age of uh, 65, they start to hear about Medicare, specifically for federal employees that um, are able, or the majority of them qualified to take the, uh, the benefits into retirement. Uh, the question always comes up as, uh, you know, um, I need to make a decision about Medicare. I can take my federal benefits into retirement. So, um, but I'm also know that I'm aging into Medicare. So um, how would I go about making that choice? Well, the first thing we need to know is uh, to be able to make an informed choice is what is Medicare, right? So the basic concept of Medicare is, is a federal health insurance program um, for three group of individuals. Those who are 65 years of age and over. So anyone here in the US who, who turned 65 and is either a citizen, um, a U.S. citizen, or locally uh, residing here in the U.S., can technically get Medicare when they turn 65. And this is regardless of whether or not you get Social Security retirement benefits. You can get Medicare. If you get benefits, there is a part of Medicare that you may um, that um, that you may not have to pay the premium. If you don't get any benefits, you can still purchase Medicare, right? So the first thing is. Medicare is for the majority of people in the U.S. who turn 65. It's also uh, for a second group of people under 65, but who are receiving Social Security disability benefits for at least two years. Those individuals who applied and qualified and get cash benefits from Social Security uh, disability, uh, they will automatically get Medicare. And the third group of people are those uh, of any age who develop end-stage renal disease. That is basically a kidney failure that requires kidney dialysis or kidney transplant to maintain life. So that is a basic concept of the group of individuals that qualifies for Medicare. And then of course, once, once you know that you qualify for Medicare, you probably hear about the parts of Medicare. Medicare have mainly have three parts hospital insurance, which is the part that covers for hospital, medical insurance, that is the part that pay for doctors, lab tests, durable medical equipment and such. And then it has a prescription drug or Part D um, that also comes uh, with Medicare. So those are the three main parts of Medicare, hospital, medical, and prescription drugs. So that's, that's the basic concept of Medicare in a nutshell. Does does uh, what you just mentioned? Um, let's say prescription drugs. So 
if I'm looking at this, do I go to Medicare for my prescription drugs or do I do it uh, any any other way? I mean, I requ am I required to do that if I'm under Medicare or can I just go with what I've been uh, purchasing throughout my uh, my life? <laughs> right, right. So for those individuals that um, don't have any other choice of health insurance, meaning you don't, you're not getting health insurance uh, through your employer, uh, you are not getting uh, health insurance through, uh, um, you know, through another program such as TRICARE, which is for military retirees and family member or through a state, uh, Medicaid, um, those individuals, if they, um, if they enroll in Medicare, hospital insurance and medical insurance, if they want coverage for prescription drugs, they could do so by enrolling in a, a standalone uh, private plan that offers prescription drug benefits. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about another option that people have in terms of coverage choices that people have with Medicare. One of the coverage choices is to enroll in, in what we call original Medicare, which is uh, hospital Part A, Medical Part B, and they have the choice to enroll in a separate prescription drug plan to pay for prescription. People also in Medicare have an option to get their Medicare benefits through what is called Medicare Advantage plans. Those are private plans that are approved by Medicare um, to manage the, uh, the healthcare coverage for people who choose to have a private health plan to administer their health insurance instead of the Medicare, the federal government. If they enroll in those private plans, um, the majority of these private plans will come with prescription drugs, right? So those are the kind of the two tracks. You stay in the original Medicare, and then if you, if you do, you have an option to, uh, to purchase a separate prescription drug plan through a private company, or you have a, uh, a Medicare Advantage plan, which is a private company that combines hospital, medical, and prescription drugs in one card. Now, if, for if, individuals, for our audience, typically that are federal employees, um, those individual federal employee health benefits program have their own prescription drugs already. So likely an individual who have a federal benefit, federal health insurance benefit, would not need to enroll in a prescription drug plan. Is there any reason to do it? Um, I mean, I'd imagine if you're in this private plan, let's call it, in addition to your coverage under work or retirement, um, is, is it pricey? Is it, is it a, and no cost add on? I mean, why would somebody want to do that? Maybe a specialized medicine that isn't offered through their uh, healthcare provider. Is, is that uh, somebody that would be looking at, at this? Um, when, uh, when you say, why would somebody do, uh, in terms of the, are you referring to enrolling in a private um, prescription yes. drug plan yes. or a Medicare? Yes. No, no, the, okay. uh, the first one. The prescription, the prescription right. drug. Okay. So, yes, that, that's actually a great question, Bob. Um, we do get this question a lot from federal employees. Um, like if I have FEHB plan and it has a prescription drug benefit, um, what's there for me to enroll in a prescription drug plan through Medicare? It's a, you know, in general, Probably you would not add um, much value to your uh, federal health insurance benefits by adding a, 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 uh, a separate prescription drug plan. But I would tell federal employees, do not discount it completely. That is because nowadays we have a lot of new med medicines that, that are considered um, like, it's, uh, like a special, special medicine that they, they cause a lot. Um, and if you are paying a lot of money out of pocket for maybe because you have to pay a copayment through your federal benefits or even the medicine may not be covered, um, one or the two, if you're finding yourself paying a lot um, in out-of-pocket prescription drug benefits, it is worse to go to Medicare.gov website 
and see what the prescription drug plans in Medicare um, are offering to you. Um, those plans have a very comprehensive package of, uh, of uh, uh, list of prescription drugs that are covered uh, at, at low cost, and the average plan costs about thirty dollars, um, thirty to thirty-five dollars a month. So it's really, it's really not um, that expensive to buy one of those plans. If you're finding yourself that you're paying a lot in out-of-pocket prescription drugs, um, uh, look at the look at the Medicare plan to see if you can go about saving some money. Let me ask. Uh, let's take somebody that. Um was in decent health, but knew there was a family uh, malady that may or may not present itself. But unfortunately, it presents itself in the first quarter of the year, January, February, or March. And they want to get into one of these private plans. Would they have to wait until January 1st of the next calendar year to, to um, become a member, if you will? Or can you get taken right away? Um, you can't um, really enroll in, in, first of all, you can't enroll them in, to enroll in Medicare, you have to do it during a prescribed enrollment period. And then to enroll in one of these, in, in one of these plans, you always have to do it within, uh, within a time frame. You can't just randomly do it. That's why it is important for us to, to get some basic information about Medicare, such as what it is, and then what where you know what it is, it's like, how would I go about enrolling in Medicare? When can I do it? Um, so we have to go into, when can you enroll in Medicare? Um, usually um, the Medicare, the first opportunity to sign up for Medicare is during the individual, what we call initial enrollment period. And that is, uh, that lasts for around seven months around your 65th birthday. Uh, that's three months before the month of your birthday and then three months after. Now, if you miss that opportunity, um, every year we open Medicare up for enrollment between January and the end of March. Now, if you do enroll in Medicare, in, in the case that you were asking, let's say these individuals did not have Medicare and certainly they had a medical event and then the hospital may have suggested that they would enroll in Medicare for a more complete coverage. Now, if they do it during, a, during this time, Medicare will not be affected until July of that year, and the individual may have to pay a late enrollment penalty uh, for enrolling in Medicare late, meaning beyond that 60, um, 65th birthday. Now, there's always exceptions to the rules, and this applies to a lot of our uh, federal employees. Um, if you are working beyond age 65 and you're covered under your FEHB plan, um, you don't have to enroll in Medicare right away. Um, you can wait to enroll at any time while you're working, or we give you eight months special enrollment period after you retire to pick up Medicare. If you do it around that time, there is no waiting period. For example, if you, if you enroll in Medicare now in, in, in March, uh, it will become effective the following month. So that's why it's important to understand when can I, what it is, what is Medicare, when can I enroll in Medicare so you don't fall into into uh, either having to wait or paying a penalty. We had a guest on the show, was, that was a year or two ago, and this was the case exactly as you laid it out. They, um, uh, they were uh, participating in the government plans, and this issue uh, popped up in the first quarter of the year and the medicine to do it would require to get into what you were just talking about. So basically they were nine months out of pocket. Um, I don't know whether the, the, there's an average um, cost that somebody might want to just become, become registered with it. it. doesn't make sense if it's, you know, if it's $20 a month or $30 a month and there's family history or the like, uh, you know, does that make sense to do it? Because if you were to buy that same medicine on outside of uh, federal health care, I'd imagine the cost would be a whole lot more. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, it, that, that is why it's very, it's very important to, under, to understand um, those nuances because um, 
when we say this is the time that you can actually enroll in Medicare, uh, if you don't do it and then you you need it later, then those those are the kind of things that 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 happen. Um, likely, like, as you say, Bob, um, buying prescription drug outside of the system um, is going to be cost prohibitive for a lot of people. So they may have to choose in, in between. Um, and, and you know, and between paying your bills or buying prescription drugs, if you don't have coverage, wow. Um, either either through an employer or through a, or through a program. Okay, thank you. Um, but but I think it's better to hear this than to hear it too late. So, so Absolutely. what do you find uh, in 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 your travels? And I know you do a lot of presentations um, as well. What do you find that? Maybe you are up there thinking, gee, I, I thought this was somewhat common knowledge, um, but you can tell uh, the group, whether the, you know, they're X, Y, or Z, they just maybe was, was never aware of it. Are there some kind of common traits there, or should we go to the next subject? <laughs> <laughs> there is, there's actually a few, few of the things that, that we, as I mentioned in the beginning, that, that some of the things that are that, that we think is common knowledge to us, but not not to a lot of people, and uh, you know, one one is that um, the uh, the cost of uh, of Medicare and in terms of uh, um, you know how much you have to pay and how frequent you have to pay for Medicare. For example, when we said Medicare Medicare monthly premium uh, changes every year, um, and People often uh, interpret that as uh, this is a one-time payment that you make. For example, this year the monthly Medicare Part B premium is $148 and uh, and 50 cents. And uh, people often ask, so how is that? Is that yearly, or is it that monthly? So it's, it's always um, a common knowledge that you know um, premiums are basically paid monthly. Um, for health insurance, it's usually a monthly premium. It's never a, a year, a year thing. Um, so you do have to keep that in mind. And another thing is that people are, for example, people that are married are often used to have one policy for the couple, um, and the majority of people do not know. I mean, it's common knowledge that Medicare is is actually a, uh, a an individual. Um, plan, an individual program, and people often think that this is a, a family program. Medicare could be a family program. Um, so when you look at those monthly premiums, you always have to take into account that both of the individuals are going to be paying that monthly premium. As I mentioned, the basic Medicare Part B premium is 148.50. So when there is a couple that they usually have a family policy under under the FEHB they will have to multiply that number by two. Um, and of course, I'm talking about the basic Medicare Part B premium, but Medicare Part B premium is actually based on income. So it could go from 148.50 for individuals who are uh, making less than, uh, or filing single, uh, single taxes, making less than $88,000, or individuals who are filing joint, joint taxes and making less than $176,000. Anyone making more than, than that will pay from 148 all the way up to $504.90 this year. <laughs> so when you think... multiply that number by two, imagine that you know, for, that, it, for those individuals who, who fall into that higher bracket, they're looking at, um, at, you know, over a thousand dollars a month for that couple to have Medicare Part B. I think uh, we need to take a break after that and pick up uh, uh, some questions after the break. So uh, let's listen to what the sponsor of the show, WEPA, can do for our listeners. Life doesn't always go as planned. WEPA provides group term life insurance for over 46,000 civilian federal employees and has been ensuring the future of feds for more than 75 years. With WEPA, you can find coverage that meets your changing needs and adjust whenever you're ready. Apply for your policy today by visiting waepa.org. WEPA, 
org. Life insurance on your terms. Group term life insurance is a smart option if you're looking for coverage that'll help meet your changing needs. At WEPA, feds can apply for up to $1.5 million in coverage regardless of salary. WEPA offers life insurance protection for feds by feds. Apply by visiting WAEPA.org today. Welcome back to For Your Benefit. We're here with uh, David Santana today, and uh, David is with the CMSHHS.gov. Um, uh, well, that's who you're with, and you um, one know this subject A through Z, and you you present it to groups as well. But the listeners, uh, you know, that we we have a live audience, and we have probably a much uh, larger audience when they listen to the podcast. Um, they may not be aware of um, some of these things. Uh, the only reason I ask the questions is listening to you on prior shows. <laughs> so um, do you find that people, uh, now they're going to be of a certain age, uh, that they would um, get this coverage just in case? But there's got to be somewhat of a break-even point. I'm sure there's not an answer to this where somebody's got to say, listen, if I was stricken with this one month into the year and I had to carry the weight for 11 months, could I do it without um, um, very tough um, results or do I do it in advance? But I may never need it. <laughs> so. Um, right. That is uh, that is the, uh, the that's actually the, the the question that the majority of uh, people grapple with. Uh, is is the fact that we know that the majority of, of us can take our health insurance into retirement, and you know, so far the, our health insurance worked. Um, you know, while we're working, and if the health insurance doesn't change into retirement, a lot of people are thinking, well my health insurance has worked so far so why would i uh why would i even bother to look uh into medicare is it worth the investment for me to go and enroll in medicare if i have fehb plan so um one of the things or, or one of the things that, that that people ask the most is What's the cost of Medicare? And I just briefly mentioned the cost of Medicare Part B. Um, that's the part that pay for doctors and outpatient services uh, and so forth. Um, so to begin with, and the, the, the best way that I have found to address this question um, is that, um, you know, look at, look at the previous year in terms of what health healthcare coverage you have, how much you are spending out of pocket, and then look at the cost of Medicare in terms of how much it's going to cost you. And if if you if you are married, look at how much it's going to cost the couple to carry the health insurance. Keeping in mind that when you have both FEHB and Medicare into retirement your FEHB plan become a sort of a Medicare supplement policy. That means that you have almost a comprehensive package of benefits that when you go to the doctor, you have a medical event or something, instead of getting piles and piles of uh, uh, explanation of benefits and bill in the mail, the only thing you get usually when you have the two programs is basically explanation of benefits telling you Medicare paid primary and this is how much they paid, FEHB paid after Medicare, and this is just an explanation of benefits. This is not a bill. So it's a huge peace of mind right there. There are services that are um, covered by Medicare and may not be covered by FEHB. And one of the things that, that I usually mention, for example, is um, home health care services, right? Um, you know, when we age, we start experiencing uh, joint pain, muscle aches, uh, you have to get knee replacement, uh, hip replacement, things like that, that just happens, uh, uh, you know, things that happens as we age. One, if, if you need to get physical therapy to get back in shape after, after one of those events, um, Medicare, for example, if, if, you, if you can 
go to the facility to get those services, we pay for home health care services, meaning we send a, uh, a team of physical therapists to, um, to give you physical therapy to get back in shape and stuff. That doesn't cost anything to the individual, right? So it's covered at 100%. Those services under our FESP plan are very limited or non-existent. So if you do have to pay for physical therapy and somebody to come to your home to provide those services, it's, that right there is going to be worthwhile to, to, to get Medicare to make sure that you are covered at 100%. One last thing that I wanted to say on the subject is that now many FEHB plans are offering individuals who enroll in Medicare assistance with their Medicare Part B premium. So imagine that now some FEHB plans are assisting individuals with their Medicare Part B premium cost that's sweetening the deal for that individual to have Medicare and FEHB uh, without having to worry too much about how much does Medicare Part B is going to cost me? Okay, all this discussion, um, you know, I'm an accountant, so sometimes I think more about dollars than the rest, but I think this is pretty important because it's a, a fairly substantial gamble, or there's a break-even point where, okay, I'll go, quote, naked, and then if something happens, then I'll, then I'll buy it, but I would imagine it's heavily weighted on the cost of the uh, medicines, so when you do your presentations, do you find that the general population goes, really? Or they go, yeah, I know that. Next subject, please. Uh, no, the, the majority of the cases, uh, people said, uh, uh, what you say, Fred? Really? Um, is, is that the case? Um, I didn't know that. So it's, uh, I think after, after the majority of people, after they hear a, um, a, a more detailed explanation about what Medicare is, um, what covered Medicare offers, um, how much it costs. The majority of people would say, "Well, really, I I think I'm um, I'm leaning towards uh, getting Medicare and FEHB benefit." If that's the case, that is because all of us uh, wanted to have the peace of mind of knowing that the majority of the healthcare services that we get are going to be covered 100% um, or almost 100%. You mentioned that you are that you are an accountant, Bob, and, and you're a normal Oh, yeah. Person. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm um, a tax yeah. accountant so, more than an accountant accountant. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So uh, I think you can't really uh, – it, it, it's hard to, to, uh, to predict what is going to happen. Like you said, you know, you, you're feeling pretty healthy. They might, you know, many, many people feel pretty healthy. But you never know if, um, you know, like as we age, if anything's happened. So it's good to have that peace of mind. You, you, you can't really be fully financially secure unless you have good health care coverage backing you. It's like having a home and not having homeowner's insurance. Anything could happen to your house. And if you don't, you know, if you don't have insurance, um, imagine that your lifetime investment, the biggest investment that we, the majority of us have is a home. And you lose that and you can't, you don't really have, you know, uh, $700,000 laying around to rebuild your house. <laughs> well, that was, I mean, that's an outstanding um, comment and uh, observation. And what else would you, um, not what else, but is there another common thing that somebody is unaware of, but if they had been aware of it, most likely they would, uh, I guess it would be premium based. Uh, I mean, we, we hit pretty hard uh, with with uh, uh, medicines, but is there is there a second um, one that comes to mind that uh, is probably happens more often than not to people, but they they don't they don't pay the premium. Um, in terms of, uh, I mean, when 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 we talked about you know your Medicare coverage options and and then you have you know, you have your other um, health insurance available to you. Um, I, I think that, uh, as I mentioned before, I think the question is, uh, Bob, is um, just, you know, tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people get to the point of like, what do you, you know, uh, 
you know, David, why, why don't you tell me what I should do um, uh, in, in here? I, I, you know, I have these benefits and also I have Medicare. What would you suggest I do? What, or sometimes they ask me, what would you do yourself? <laughs> so, you know, it's hard to answer that question because it is an individual, um, um, uh, you know, assessment that you have to, it's, it's an individual decision that changed from, from person to person. Um, I was mentioning about the Medicare Part B premium cost, and I got an email not long ago about a, a couple that they were on that last income bracket, you know, individuals filing individual taxes and making more than $500,000 a year or filing joint taxes making more than $750,000 a year. So I had a couple that was filing taxes jointly making more than $750,000 a year. So they, they said, you know, if, if each of us have to pay the Medicare Part B premium, that'll take us to, uh, you know, like um, over $1,000 a month. That's, that's over $12,000 a year in Medicare Part B premium. And they said, and we already paying, well, I think they're saying that they were already paying like $13,000 in FEHB premium plus, um, you know, $12,000 uh, in Medicare premium, that is, Bob, that is about $24,000 in premium a year. So they, their question is, um, do you think we should enroll in Medicare and pay this much? We are, you know, we're we are healthy individuals. Uh, we are not really spending more than uh, probably $300 a year in out-of-pocket expenses because we're technically just going to see the doctor um, uh, you know, the, the physical routine every year. So in this case, these are what, what I said, you have to do an individual analysis of your specific situation and determine. If, if you are in this couple situation, you probably would say, um, you know, spending an additional $13,000 a year um, uh, in premium uh, may not be worth for us. It may not be adding much value to the health insurance that we have. But many people who have chronic conditions and are spending a lot of money out of pocket and not having some of those healthcare coverage will find it worthwhile uh, to enroll in Medicare and pay that premium. Okay, so you, you've talked about the premium size and out of pocket expenses. And um, you mentioned uh, when can I enroll in Medicare? Um, I, I, Let's do that date one more time. Every time you, you have an opportunity to make a comment, I'm sure people are going, oh, it's, let's see, it's March 29th. Uh, should I do it? And how much is it going to cost me? So, um, so you can enroll if, if you're not already enrolled any time during the year. Am I right with that? Uh, absolutely. And you're right, Bob. This is, this is one of the, uh, the, uh, the main um, aspects of the program that people need to remember because they, they can only enroll during specified uh, enrollment uh, periods. Uh, the first one is uh, um, seven months around your 65th birthday, three months before the month of your birthday and three months after. If you miss this opportunity, uh, Medicare opens up for enrollment every year from January 1st through the end of March. Um, if you do enroll around this time, um, Medicare would not start until July 1st of that year. So let's say, I mean, today is March 29. Um, if you enroll today in Medicare, you haven't done so, um, today is March 29. Your Medicare will not become effective uh, until July 1st um, of this year. So it will be some time before Medicare kicks in. But more importantly, um, which applied to many of our, of our colleagues, uh, um, whether they work for the federal government or, 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 or our civilians, um, they could, um, if they have an employer group health plan and they're working beyond uh, age 65, they do not need to enroll in Medicare um, when they turn 65. They can delay enrollment in Medicare Part B for as long as they keep working 
and are covered under the employer group health plan. And this also applied to spouses, right? So uh, even if uh, even if the spouse, for example, retired spouse who is uh, whatever, 67, 70 years old, and that spouse retired, for as long as you're covered under the working spouse um, health insurance, you do not need to enroll in Medicare. So you are protected um, from that special uh, enrollment period. Once the individual retired, then you have eight months to sign up for Medicare around that time, and you do not need to um, um, to wait, and you will not uh, uh, have to pay a penalty. And people ask why. Why wouldn't you not enroll when you are actively working? Well, that is because for as long as you're actively working and covered under your employer plan, that employer plan by law is primary to Medicare. So Medicare as a secondary will not add much value to your, um, to your federal health insurance um, plan. So that's why we typically recommend that people just wait until they retire so they don't have to be paying that Medicare Part B premium um, um, for that loan when Medicare is actually going to be their secondary policy. All righty. Why don't we take a break here? And when we come back, let's talk about Irma. Now, when I first heard Irma, I thought that's somebody's aunt. But I got it. I, I believe it's got something to do with health care coverage and income sensitivity. So let's talk about that when we come back. But we'll take a short break and let all the listeners know about NITP. Who do you trust when making your most important decisions? National Institute of Transition Planning has been the trusted source for federal retirement planning, serving new, mid-career, and pre-retirement federal employees for more than 30 years. NITP's subject matter experts bring more than 800 years of collective expertise on federal benefits, financial, transition, and estate planning. Visit NITPinc.com. That's NITPinc.com to sign up for their free monthly newsletter and information about free webinars. Does planning for retirement seem like a daunting task? Is retirement years away? It will arrive sooner than you think. Prepare now to stay on track. Join the thousands of federal employees and retirees who have already attended National Institute of Transition Planning's free monthly webinars to learn more about retirement and financial planning. NITP is the national leader and trusted source for federal retirement information. Visit NITPinc.com to sign up for NITP's free monthly newsletter and webinar. Welcome back to the final session of For Your Benefit, and we have David Santana with us today. CMS slash OC. What's CMS slash OC, David? Um, so CMS stands for the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Um, I know there are two M's in there, right? <laughs> Uh, so it's, uh, it's CMS, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. We are a federal agency under the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and uh, we administer the Medicare program, the Medicaid program, which is for people, um, it's, it's, a, it's a jointly financed federal and state program for people who have uh, limited income and resources. And we also administer uh, parts of the uh, the health insurance marketplace, the private health insurance marketplace under the Affordable Care Act. Um, together, um, those uh, the three programs, uh, we oversee the health uh, um, health insurance coverage for over a hundred and thirty million Americans. So it's uh, wow. Uh, we have a relatively small agency with a huge task. All righty. Thank you. But now let's visit something. It's not a person. It's called Irma. And if I'm not mistaken, it, it has a direct relationship to the size of one's income. But the size of one's income, depending on whether they're working or whether they're retired or whether they're in between, um, uh, if something causes the income to go up uh, uh, to a certain level, then there's this premium. And as I understand it, the premium doesn't last till forever. It lasts for another year. But help help me and hopefully the uh, listeners understand what Irma is and hopefully how to avoid it, which I think isn't so easy to do. But your turn. 
sure thing, Bob. Uh, so <laughs> Irma uh, uh, is, uh, yeah, it's not an aunt. It's actually, it stands for income-related um, monthly adjusted uh, uh, adjustment amount. So it's income-related monthly adjustment amount. Um, so this income-related monthly adjustment amount is based on your modified adjusted gross income. And, uh, and as a tax person, Bob, you probably understand uh, what a modified adjusted gross income is. I can um, do it quick. It's, 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 before you your, it's, it's basically before your itemized deduction. So it's um, all your income um, that's subject to tax. And uh, then there's some subtractions and that, that's, that's a trigger point for it. So if it goes over that amount, but they have other ways to calculate it as well. But what I wanted to get across to the, to the listeners, it's not necessarily for everybody uh, to be impacted by that. Your income has to be more than X, but go ahead, David, sorry. Great explanation, Bob. So that's exactly, it's not really a, a line on your tax, uh, on your tax return, it has to be calculated. Um, so, for individuals um, to determine your Medicare Part B premium, uh, when you enroll in Medicare, for example, let's say you go and enroll in Medicare this month, um, Social Security will share um, your information with the IRS. They send your Social Security to the IRS and. You know, David is enrolling in Medicare, um, Medicare Part B. Um, the IRS will look back at the taxes that I filed two years ago and see if my modified adjusted gross income, uh, depends on how I'm filing my taxes, is above $88,000 if I am a single tax filer or above $176,000 if I am a joint uh, joint tax filers. Uh, if my income is above that, the IRS will return that information back to Social Security saying, for example, a random number saying that, you know, David's income, uh, you know, from two years ago uh, was $120,000. Uh, Social Security will take that information and say, well, based on, based on that, uh, David's uh, Medicare Part B premium, and instead of being $148.50, it's going to be uh, $297 a month because my income fell above those, uh, those income brackets um, that I would have to pay a little more on my Medicare Part B premium. So that is in a nutshell what IRMA stands for and how it's used to calculate your Medicare Part B premium. Okay, but if somebody was... Um... Um, impacted by armor, generally it's a good thing because the income went up. If it was based on some uh, malady, that's that's another story. But somebody might have sold some stock. Maybe they sold a, uh, a house, and some of it triggered um, uh, taxable income, or it's just something that that popped up that was good. Um, but it it's not everlasting. So if you had a blip in uh, the income and the irs really isn't going to know about this not that you'd hide anything but you have to file the tax return in order to know whether they were subjected to it or not so you file the tax return around now late march april may uh, but but it doesn't take hold until the end of the year because that's when you figure what all your income is and then it lasts for at least a year but if your income drops down or you don't have that blip in income then you're not subject to the irma tax if i'm correct am i correct with that uh, way to look at it you are you are actually correct bob um so if, of course if you, if you have if you have a, a, a great stream of income that that is above those brackets and you know that's uh, you know whatever the case may be that's uh you know, that if that's your, uh, you know, your retirement um, uh, income, that's great. If you fall above those those bracket, and then of course you would have to pay, you would have to pay that, you know, uh, indefinite for as long as you have Part B, you would pay a little more if that is in a, a stable income. But as as Bob mentioned, you may uh, uh, you may sell the house, for example, you may not be paying Medicare. Part B premium, um, higher premium, but then 
you go on and sell and, and sell a house, and then you make, let's say you make, you know, $500,000 in the sale of the house. And as Bob said, you have to file that in your taxes. That's a capital, um, um, that's a capital income that you will have to report in your taxes. If that's the case, you will only report that in your taxes once because that was a one-time uh, thing. So you would pay the Medicare Part B premium, a higher premium for, for one year because of, based on those taxes. But then when you refile the following year, you don't have to, um, to report that again as a capital, um, uh, um, as a capital gain. So your, in, your Medicare Part B premium then would go down to, what it, to whatever it uh, was before. One, uh, one, one of the, uh, the, the, the most frequently asked question about the income is the fact that um, we look at the taxes that you filed two years ago, right? The taxes, for example, uh, the taxes that you filed, if, if I enroll this year, they will be looking at the taxes that I filed last year for the year before. So people often, oftentimes ask, well, um, I am enrolling in Medicare because I retired. Um, that's not my income anymore. That was when I was working. So you're looking at two years ago when I was actively working, but now I am retired. That's certainly not my income today. Um, what can I do? So uh, if that's the case, we have um, what we call a qualifying life event that would um, entitle you to contact Social Security and file for uh, for a review of your Medicare Part B premium, your modified adjusted gross income. So, of course, um, retiring uh, and your salary, um, you know, going down significantly, uh, will will qualify you for this uh, for this adjustment. So, you will typically Social Security will will send you a letter first and telling you you may have to pay a higher premium based on this information we got from the IRS. If it's not the case anymore, if you if you have any of these qualifying life events, such as you know retiring and having a significant reduce of your income, you know getting married, divorced, uh, um, somebody passed away, uh, that you don't have access to those funds anymore, you let the Social Security know, and they will reassess um, based on your current situation and adjust the Medicare premium uh, based on, on on your current income as opposed. To based on two years ago. Okay, good. I got a, I got another question here, and um, it talks about something called Tricare, which we haven't talked about. And it usually, I believe, Tricare is impacted by somebody being in the military or retired from it. But here's the question: I am retired military. When I go on Medicare in three months, I understand Tricare for life will be my secondary payer, but I still keep paying my current TRICARE payments, or do these enrollment costs disappear under TRICARE for life? Well, that's a long, maybe maybe that's best answered yes or no. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that it's, um, it, it's an elaborate question, but uh, um, if, if I understood correctly, this individual um, is approaching the age, the age of 65. So, what happened is the individual who have TRICARE, that's for military retirees and family members, it's a great health insurance, by the way, it's a health, great health insurance program. So when an individual age into Medicare, when they are about to turn 65, uh, TRICARE will send them um, a letter um, indicating that they must enroll in Medicare Part A and B in order to keep their TRICARE. The TRICARE usually will transfer to TRICARE for life. Now, TRICARE for life is, uh, um, it's, it's, um, it's premium free. So it doesn't have them, doesn't cause them to have TRICARE for life. So when they switch over, and, and of course this depends on which type of TRICARE they have, but typically when they switch over to TRICARE for life, they don't have to pay premium. But at the same time, they would be required to enroll in both Medicare Part A and B in order to keep TRICARE. So that means that they would have to, to pay for that Medicare Part B premium, which um, we, we just uh, finished and mentioned about the cost of Medicare Part B premium. Um, um, but, in, but technically TRICARE for life 
um, is, uh, is premium free. So you would have Medicare and TRICARE. And Medicare is always primary to, almost always primary to TRICARE um, because TRICARE for Life is for military, retirees, and family members. Both programs combine to provide a great comprehensive package of benefits. So those who have Medicare and TRICARE for Life, uh, they really do not need uh, any, um, any additional health insurance coverage. Um, when we're referring to having FEHB, uh, many people uh, ask, well, if I have Medicare, if I have TRICARE, do I really need a PHB plan? And the, the, the answer to that is likely uh, no, you may not need a PHB plan because you would probably be overinsured uh, because it's between Medicare and TRICARE, you're covered almost at 100%. Okay, we're running somewhat close to, but this is a good question that uh, um, has been posed. At the time of retirement and taking FEHB into retirement, does it matter if you have basic versus standard Blue Cross Blue Shield? How about answering that, that in one or two great... minutes? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, great, great question, uh, especially for federal employees. Uh, you do have the, the option to switch uh, to a basic option when you, um, when you enroll in Medicare, when you qualify for Medicare. Um, you do, by the way, you do have a special uh, uh, enrollment um, when, when you age into Medicare and you want to enroll in Medicare. So, so you are able to, uh, to switch to a basic option. Um, and the question, oftentimes the question is, should I actually, should I change to a basic option if, I, if I'm enrolling in Medicare, Medicare would be the primary. Um, I would say um, definitely that's, that's, a, that's a great option to have, but I, but I, will, um, I will caution to review the benefits carefully under the basic option, because when you have the higher option with Blue Cross and Blue Shield, it means that you pay much less out of pocket and their coverage is much more comprehensive than the basic option. So you switching to a basic option, you may end up losing some benefits on the Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Um, and the, the higher option in Blue Cross and Blue Shield have a, a, a more robust um, formulary than the basic benefits. And there are services that are covered under the, uh, the uh, the higher okay. option that is not covered under the basic option. Okay, David, I think we're running right up to the um, uh, closing. Final comment, probably within 30 seconds, 45 seconds. <laughs> Most importantly, uh, Bob, of uh, knowing your, your coverage option is knowing where to go for help. So I will leave uh, the audience with the 1-800-MEDICARE number to call for more information. It's one 800 Six three three four two two seven, or you can miss, visit Medicare.gov website. Again, it's Medicare.gov website for more information um, about what we talked about today. You've been listening to For Your Benefit, presented by NITP and sponsored by WEPA. Please tune in next Monday at 10 a.m. for a topic solely devoted to you, the federal employee. This show can also be heard on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search For Your Benefit. Thanks for listening.